brothers, why don't we just sing for four or five hours? Then we'll preach four or five hours, you know. That's beautiful singing, man. I appreciate that good song service and his uh, great direction and leading us and uh, certainly the way that you have joined in and uh, participated in song services. I love singing, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I don't think we sing enough. Uh, singing gets your heart prepared. Uh, Brother Dennis Smith, good to see you. Now, Dennis will kind of know a little bit about what I'm talking Maybe most of you do as well. Uh, but I held a meeting many, many years. I was five years old when I held that meeting. At the, there's College Grove. I think it's called College Grove uh, down on Highway 127. Uh, and now I was telling them, they're from the Sequatchie congregation, if you are from there, it's called Squatchie Valley. If you're not from there, it is Sequatchie Valley. So I thought you need to know that. But I was holding a meeting at College Grove. I think it's College Grove. But anyway, a long, long time ago. And the last night of the meeting, uh, I was, you know, we have two songs, a prayer and a song and a sermon. And I was getting ready. And so after the song, that third song, uh, I thought, now I'm going to be up to preach. Well, about that time, another brother got up and led a song. And then, it, after he sat down, another brother got up and he led a song. Well, that went on. I thought, well, I'm gonna, surely am I ever going to get to preach? And anyway, that went on, Brother Rick, for 45 minutes. Well, what when we sung the invitation, six individuals responded and were baptized that night. I was holding a meeting at the Bethel Church uh, a few years ago. And I told that, and a brother came out, and he said, Brother Acuff, I was one of the six that obeyed the gospel. And how marvelous that is. So that's what they're saying. Man, I look out over this audience. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me to be with you in this gospel meeting. Uh, good to see Brother Bill Greer, Brother Jeff Archie, these men, Brother Charlie Cochran, uh, Brother Jerry Hendricks, uh, Emily, and, and Ernest. Uh, we all sat back over here and acted up when we were here years ago. Uh, you know, it, it just, uh, and I look out and I see this, and I, I like to tell this, and I, you know, we'll be, we'll get out by 12, but at any rate, uh, her dad, Brian Pope, was one of the elders here. But I was, I went to Sofia, Bulgaria, uh, in a campaign. I, I, I don't know if this was my second or third one there, uh, but I went and uh, was there for this campaign, got there the first night, and they introduced me to this uh, brother. They said, he has just obeyed the gospel. And so I asked him, talked with him with an interpreter, and I asked him uh, how it came about. And he said, well, uh, World Bible School. I, he said, I learned the gospel through World Bible School. And I said, oh, that's marvelous. And you're, you're, who, who was your teacher? Well, he was from the United States. And I said, well, that's a pretty good-sized place over there, you know. And uh, I said, can you be a little bit more specific? And he said, well, uh, yeah, from the state of Tennessee. And I said, well, Tennessee's got four million people. That then, you know, and I said, can you? And he said, well, his name was Brian Pope. And I said, brother, I attended the congregation where Brian Pope's an elder in the body of Christ. You don't know what good you're doing when you're doing good, folks. You do not know how broad it is. You do not know the effects that you're having. Uh, and I, I, I won't ever forget that because I just think of the, the great good that was done 
by this congregation in preaching the gospel of Christ. Brother Eric Garner, it's good to see you, brother. Uh, he held a meeting for us last week at the uh, congregation in uh, Lithia Springs. Uh, Stephen Higley back there. Hey, I'm going to tell you what, you guys uh, kind of put the pressure on me. I don't know if I was good or not. We had, it was a great meeting, Brother Eric. I'm telling you, our folks, uh, they said you can go be gone as long as you want to now because we know where a good preacher is and so it's great. A lot of preachers here, of course, and thank you so much for being his encouragement to me. You may have heard this. You know, used to, Brother Rick, and uh, you, uh, you may have done this yourself, but, uh, you know, there was a, when you do a wedding, uh, preachers will do a wedding. And then at the end of the... Now, I never did do this. I was afraid to, I guess. But anyway, I never did do this. But, but many preachers at the conclusion of a wedding will say, if there is anyone in the audience who knows uh, a reason why this couple should not be married, speak now or forever hold your peace. And so the preacher said that. I mean, he at the end of this wedding, he said, if there's anyone here who knows of any reason why this couple should not be married, speak now or forever hold your peace. Well, when he said that, an attractive young lady from the back of the building with a baby in arms got up and walked down to the front of the uh, preacher. Well, the, 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 the bride's mother fainted. Uh, the groom's mother, she dropped her bouquet. Uh, the groomsman looked bewildered. Uh, and the, the groom, I mean, he didn't know what to do. And so the preacher said, ma'am, uh, you know, what is it you want to say? She said, we can't hear in the back. So, uh, You, you, you just never know. You just never know. The Bible teaches, John chapter number 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine, my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. But if a man does not abide in me, and my word does not abide in him, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. John twelve forty eight. we mentioned this last night. Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word hath one that judgeth him. The words that I speak unto you, they shall judge you in the last day. You and I know what Paul wrote to this young gospel preacher by the name of Timothy. And he said, Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. The Bible teaches us that the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The Apostle Paul, in the third chapter of Ephesians, pointed out to them, he said that you will understand the mystery when you read the Word. When you and I go to Romans 10, and I'm sure that almost every individual in this assembly tonight uh, will know this verse of Scripture. In Romans chapter number 10, verse 17, the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And when you go to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and the Bible says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report through faith, 
We understand the words were framed by the Word of God, and the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. By faith, O Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found because he was translated, but he had this testimony before his translation that he pleased God. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. And when you read the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, it's just one right after the other. By faith. And so we know, the Bible says, by faith then, these men, these women did these things. And the Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Ladies and gentlemen, let me encourage you to make sure that you focus on the things that are said in the Holy Word of God. There are so many individuals who will say, well, uh, Brother Acuff, I feel this way. Have you ever had somebody tell you that? Brother Acuff, well, I think it ought to be like this. My friend, and we were talking about this today, uh, this evening. Uh, thank you so much, Sandra and Effie. They thank you for the dinner. It was great. Uh, Greg and Holly, I'm, I'm going to stay up here even if the meeting's over, folks. What are you feeding? I mean, it was great. But we were talking about this because we were, we, we worshiped at the, it was just, we were in Hawaii. Jet and I were there and we're in the services and, uh, we, we'd gotten there and we heard some rustling behind us. Of course, looked around. Uh, and there was Bob Miffy and, and John and Sandra. I had no idea, and that's what Rick was on about. And, but I, I really apologize for not saying something because, uh, that, that church was all messed up. It was all messed up. And the preacher made the statement, uh, whomever the Spirit has led to lead the closing prayer, I believe that's something to that effect, is what he said. Now, I should have said, uh, stood up at that point and said this. I'll give you an illustration. Janet and I were in a thrift store in Lithia Springs. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a thrift store or not. Some of you have. But I'm going to tell you, fellas, you can buy suits for a dollar. I mean, it's pretty good sometimes. We had gone to this thrift store, and now they only had a couple of aisles for men they had 1400 for women, you know. And so uh, I didn't take me but a few minutes. Janet is looking, and I, I'm just kind of standing over here kind of like this by myself. And there was this fellow came up, and he stood by me. And he started talking about religion. And, by, and he said to me, he said, The Spirit told me so-and-so, and I forget what it was. I looked at him, and I said, Sir, the Spirit told me he didn't tell you that. His eyes got about that big, and he walked away because the Holy Spirit through the written Word told me that faith comes by hearing the Word of God and not by a direct operation. The Holy Spirit didn't tell him anything. The Word hadn't told all of us, ladies and gentlemen. So when you and I recognize that the Word of God is the very foundation of our life, it is the foundation of our preaching, it is the foundation of salvation, because it is on that very foundation that you... The Bible tells, Mark 16, verse 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number 23. In Luke, chapter number 23, if you'll look at verses number 39 through verse number 43, I'll not read that. You can read it, but I'm going to reference it. You and I will know that as the thief on the cross. 
Here was this thief along, there were two of them. And in verse number 39, notice what he said. Uh, one of the male factors railed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Or the other one said, man, what's wrong with you? Now you've got to know the Greek to get it that way, but that's basically. He said, what's wrong with you? This man hasn't that we are getting what we deserve. This man has done nothing. When you and I look at the Scripture, uh, he said, Dost thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And you and I know this passage of Scripture, and then he turned and, and to our Lord Jesus Christ, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, This day shalt thou be with me in paradise. Ladies and gentlemen, I was in Gatlinburg. Janet and I were visiting there last year. And there was a, a fellow passing out tracts. And he, he handed me one of these tracts. And I have written a response to him. But anyway, he handed me this tract. And he, the first, I mean, it was kind of a cartoonish type. And the first part of it uh, was certainly uh, Scripture. I mean, he talked about saying, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. The Bible says, The Lord's hand is not shortened, he cannot reach, neither his ears have, he cannot hear. Your sin has separated between you and God. And so he goes through these pages on the, I'll read this track, and he's going through these pages, but then when you get down to the last page, if you want to be saved, here's what you need to do. Recognize your sinner and pray to God. In other words, pray what is referred to as the sinner's prayer. I believe, have you ever, I mean, on television, these fellows, they, these preachers, they'll say, now, everybody, everybody bow your head and raise your hand. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. Because they're going to say to you, uh, I believe that God, for Christ's sake, has pardoned me for my sin. And so when their idea, and the, the thief on the cross, if you were to go out and you made a poster to illustrate the denominational doctrine of faith only, you could simply put up the thief on the cross because that is the poster child for faith only salvation. If you have a friend or a relative, and you go to that friend or that relative and you try to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ, they're going to come back to you and they'll say, Oh, what about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized. Now, I, I'm going to give you some reasons today to help you understand that number one is this when someone says to me brother Acuff uh, the, the thief on the cross was not that now see they try to put brother Bill a logical conclusion to this thing and so here's what they'll, they'll say now here's the thief on the cross and he said to Jesus this day shalt thou be with me in paradise and so therefore, Jesus, or remembering you're coming to the kingdom, Jesus said, you'll be with me in paradise today. And they'll say, see there? He, see, see there? He wasn't baptized. Now watch this. Because what somebody made, made a statement one time, what proves too much, doesn't prove it. I said, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to remember. But at any rate, if, if, listen to this. I can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that you do not have to believe in order to be saved. Well, well, how are you going to do that? Well, the same way. See, here's what they said. 
this thief on the cross said to Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, you remember me. And Jesus said, today you'll be me. And I said, see, he, he, he wasn't baptized. Well, now watch this. Go with me to the book of Luke, chapter number 16. Beginning at verse number 19, the Bible says that there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Now watch this. Back up with me a minute. The Bible says that there was a certain rich man, Cold in perm fine linen. A beggar laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man. Both men died. Now the Bible says, the beggar was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. You do not have to believe to be carried to the bosom of Abraham. That's simple. If the thief on the cross, if you can say, the thief on the cross was not baptized, therefore you don't have to be baptized, then I can say that the beggar carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, there is not a single word in that passage of Scripture that said he was a believer. So what, what has taken place? Men have come to the conclusion... Men have taken certain passages of Scripture. Now notice that, see, because our world has the idea that if it's religious, everything's got to be right. Well, it's just, it's kind of like the fellow in the airplane. And it got to shaking like it's going to crash. And people got all got upset. And, and somebody said, well, somebody ought to do something religious. And there was a preacher on board, and he took up a collection. And so, uh, <laughs> religion. And so when you and I think about this concept, now, now keep this in mind, folks. The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 7, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistle? And he said, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. An evil tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Now what are we simply saying? We're saying this evening that men will teach a false doctrine. And Jesus said, Beware of this. Why? Because they're going to come to you in sheep's clothing. In the book of Second Peter chapter number 2, the Bible says, Now listen to this, There were false prophets among the people, even as there shall also be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord's which bought them, and shall bring upon themselves swift destruction. And watch it. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. When you and I go to the book of Galatians, chapter number 1, remember what Paul writes uh, to the Galatian brethren. He had said, or further down in chapter 3 and verse number 1, he said, who hath, oh Galatians, who hath bewitched you? But now back up to chapter 1. And he said, I marvel 
that you're so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. As I said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any gospel to you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. You and I need to recognize, my friend, that there are those who will teach a false doctrine. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. He said, Not every man, now watch this, Not every man that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he which doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will come unto me in that day, and they'll say, Lord, did we not prophesy in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name do many wonderful works, and I will say unto them, Depart from me, I never knew you. I did not recognize what you were doing. Now watch this. Here I am in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And this guy comes along and he has a track. And what is he trying to... He is teaching a doctrine that is not taught in the pages of the New Testament. And that is faith only salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Say the sinner's prayer. My friend, you cannot find the sinner's prayer in the pages of the New Testament. Now I'm going to be like... Brother Eric, I'm going to borrow one of your statements. He said, if baptism not in there and water's not in there, I'll eat every page of the Bible. He said that. He still has his Bible. I'm going to tell you, I, I think that's good. I, you show me the sinner's prayer, and if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll start eating, brother. Why? Because, watch this. See, because you cannot, you, you look at the proof, you cannot prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the thief on the cross was not baptized. He was the po- he's the poster child for that. You cannot prove it. Now I want you to see this. There is a possibility that he was baptized. You see, when you and I study the Scriptures, go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 13. You look at verses 23, 24, and 25. Uh, they were on a missionary journey, come back through Antioch of Pisidia. And they... they they're talking, now watch this. This is, this is after the Lord Jesus Christ died, buried, resurrected, and gone back to heaven. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ has been established. The apostle Paul, he is now an apostle. Uh, he is converted, and now they're on this missionary journey. And my friend, who does he reference in terms of baptism? John the Baptist. And he points this out to these individuals that he is speaking to at this time. He points out that John the Baptist, what did he teach? Baptism for repentance. Now then go back to the pages in the New Testament again. You go to the book of Mark, chapter number 1, verses 2, 3, 4, and 5. And what does the Bible tell us? Well, the Bible tells us in those verses that John the Baptist, what was he doing? He was baptizing. You go to the book of Matthew, chapter number 3. If you, and just read all 12, there's these 12 verses. There's a great message in Matthew 3. And John the Baptist, what is John the Baptist doing? He is teaching baptism. They are being baptized. You go to the book of Luke, chapter number 7. And you look at the 7th verse and verse number 21. And what do you find in all these verses? You find that John the Baptist, what is he doing? He is teaching and preaching. And what is he doing? He is baptizing. 
And the Bible tells us about Christ. Uh, and, and so I'm asking simply this question. When I, is there a possibility that this man... Now, now listen to this, look what he said that day. He, he says to our Lord Jesus Christ, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. He knew who Jesus was. It is entirely possible. Oh, somebody said, yeah, yeah, but he, 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 he was a thief. Well, so was Judas. So what well, you go, well, that doesn't mean anything. And so when you and I look at the Scripture, and we look at Matthew chapter 3, and we look at Mark chapter number 1, and we look at Luke chapter number 7, we look at Acts the 13th chapter, and we find that John the Baptist, is it possible? I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, it is entirely possible that he had heard John preach and could have easily been baptized. He knew who Jesus was. Remember me when you... Now, he also knew... I'm going to tell you, if he had not heard anything, how would he know about the kingdom? How would he know about... You, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Mark chapter 1 tells us. The Bible tells us that our Lord in Matthew chapter... In the, in the model prayer, in Matthew chapter 6, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe he had heard Jesus in Mark chapter number 9 and verse number 1. Our Lord said on this occasion, He said, There's some of you standing here who will not taste of death until you see the kingdom of God come with power. When you go to Mark chapter number 16, Jesus said, Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? Well, thou art Elias, John the Baptist, one of the prophets. Who do you say that I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood, and not revealed unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. I'm going to sit down with this individual who says to me, I don't have to be baptized because the thief was not baptized. I am going to say, okay, you prove it to me that he wasn't. I can show you a greater possibility. He knew who Jesus was. He knew what the kingdom was. And he knew that Jesus was the one who was able to take him into that kingdom, folks. He knew that. Not supposition. Not guesswork. Not feelings. But he knew. It would, be, you know, I illustrated this last night. It'd be foolish for me to, but now one of the brothers, he said, that you didn't even have a hundred dollars, Rick. I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> when you and I, see, listen, you and I don't ask someone to do something when we know they cannot do it. This man who was crucified asked our Lord Jesus Christ, remember me when you come into your kingdom. We see that poster child. Ladies and gentlemen, we see that it is not possible. The proof is not there. We see the possibility that he was baptized. Now I want you to say, I want you to say a fourth word. I call it put. The New Testament had not been put into effect when this came to pass. When you and I turn to the pages of the Bible, 
for an example, and you go to the book of Hebrews, chapters 9, and you read it. The Bible says, where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator, for a testament is not a force so long as the testator liveth. Hebrews chapter number 1, verses 1 and 2, God who in sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us through His Son. So when you and I look at these passages of Scripture, we go to Hebrews, and the Bible tells us, chapter 9, verse 15 through 17, and the Bible says, Now where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Our Lord had not died. And so when you and I look at this, and we see that His will and effect, we'll look at it a little more in a few minutes, but we understand that His will and uh, had not gone into effect at this time. Now, think about this. Think about Mr. Doe. I'm going to give you an Here's Mr. Doe. Mr. Doe is a kind and generous man in his community. Everybody knows uh, the generosity of Mr. Doe, and, and it's not uncommon, folks. Uh, and uh, There was a lady in the community who had a difficult time. And so what she would do, she would come uh, to Mr. Doe from time to time, and she'd say, that, Mr. Doe, uh, I'm having financial problems. I, I need to buy some groceries for my children, and I need, I, I need you to, to can, can you... Well, sure, and he would uh, reach in his pocket and maybe pull out forty, fifty, sixty dollars, and he would give it to her. And maybe two or three months, a few months later, she comes back and she, Mr. Doe, I, I'm sorry to, to buy. I'm ha-, and others already knew about Mr. Doe in the community because he had done it for others. Mr. Doe dies. One day, this lady come, knocks on the door there where his office was, and. This gentleman comes to the door, and she said, uh, I, I, I am in dire straits. I need to buy food for my children, and, and I, I would like Mr. Doe always helped me, and I've come to get... And the person says, I am sorry, Mr. Doe has deceased. He's died. Well, he always gave me money. He always helped me. Yes, I know that. But you see, Mr. Doe is dead now. Now, I am the executor of the estate. I can only do what the will of Mr. Doe tells me that I can do. I can't, I, I can't, I can't change that will. I can't do something that the will, well, but, but, but I, I need food. I need some help. And he always, I, ma'am, I'm sorry. I know he did, but he is dead. And the only thing that I can abide by today is the last will and testament of Mr. Doe. Go with me to the book of Mark. You remember in Mark, uh, there was a a man there, and they tried to get him in. Jesus was, was healing there, and they tried to get him in. And you remember what the Bible says? They were unable to do that because of the press. And so they go up on the roof of that thing. They take the... They take, have you ever thought about who repaired that roof? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. They took the roof off. And they, set him, they let him down through the roof. There was some controversy. Oh, what is this man doing? Jesus said, is it easier to say, take up thy bed and walk, or thy sins are forgiven thee? What did he do? 
He forgave that man of his sins. When you and I search out the Scriptures, and you go to the book of Luke, you remember in Luke that Simon had invited our Lord there, and, and this lady comes and she anoints our Lord, and, and this old guy's standing over, and he said, you know what, if he, boy, if he knew who she was, he wouldn't be doing that. You remember what Jesus said, you know, I come and you didn't give me anything, you didn't wash my feet, you didn't do all this. And he said to the lady, thy sins are forgiven thee. You remember the 8th chapter of the book of, I, of John? And here are the, the, these smart addicts, they brought, they brought this woman, they said, uh, we found her as taking her to adultery in the, in the, in the old days. She's got to be stoned, got to be killed. You know that lesson. And so Jesus writes up on the ground, you know, and remit, they, they all wander off. And our Lord said to her, Where are thine accusers? None, Lord. Neither do I. Go thy way and sin no more. My friend, you and I need to recognize that when our Lord, while our Lord Jesus Christ lived on this earth, our Lord Jesus Christ forgave these people of their sin. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Take up thy bed and walk. Neither do I condemn thee. Go thy way and sin no more. But now, here's what happened. Our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified. They took our Lord Jesus Christ and they nailed Him to that cross. You and I know what Ephesians 1 verse 7 tells us, uh, in whom we have redemption through His blood. I think we're going to sing an invitation song in just a few seconds. Uh, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Colossians 1, 13 and 14, the Bible said, He hath delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. And so our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was resurrected that third day. And the Scriptures tell us He, he saw many of these folks. And then when you come to Acts chapter 2, and Peter is preaching that great sermon Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved to God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have with wicked hands slain. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, and they cried out to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. Be baptized. We're going to have a baptism here in Jerusalem uh, when everybody gets all gathered together. Uh, we're going to have a baptism in about three or four weeks if we get enough together. Oh, no. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, King James Version. With many other words, did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself. From this untoward a crooked generation. The Bible says on that day 3,000 of them were baptized into Christ. I'm curious. Peter preached. Peter said, You with wicked hands crucified the Son of God. 
They were pricked in their hearts when they came to the conclusion that we are the ones who are guilty of crucifying the Son of God. And they said, well, what are we, we going to do? Peter said, hold up your hand, bow your head. I believe God for Christ's sake. Let the Lord Jesus come into your heart. That's not what he said. He said to them, you repent and you be baptized for, not because of. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? I, I mean, you can hear some of these prominent denominational preachers. And it's very clear, and very, all of you gospel preachers who are here tonight, uh, you, you know this because you have preached, I mean, you preach the same lesson yourself. That the word for means looking unto, not because of. Now see what's ta what took place. Jesus Christ died why didn't he say, why didn't Peter say, well, uh, you'll be with Christ in paradise? Why did he say that? Christ had died. And where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator, for a testament is not a force so long as the testator liveth. Now that the testator is dead, that law is effective. And that law, that New Testament law, Jesus said to his apostles, you, you remain in Jerusalem, you'll be endued with power from on high. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name, beginning at Jerusalem. Go back to Isaiah chapter number 2, ladies and gentlemen. The mountain of the Lord's house be established at the top of the mountain. All nations will flow unto it, and the word of the Lord shall go forth from Zion or from Jerusalem. And so then, Jesus told his apostles. You go to Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 18, and he said, All authority, all power have been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Doing what? Telling them they don't have to be baptized? Absolutely not. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Mark sixteen fifteen. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. My friend, this great commission has been given to us. The law of our Lord Jesus Christ has instructed us to hear the word of God. You and I have been taught and instructed to believe in Jesus as the Son of God. You and I have been taught to change our life by repentance. We have been taught to confess Christ before men and then to be baptized into Christ for the remission of our sin. Acts chapter 8, isn't that a great example, ladies and gentlemen, that Philip, oh, he hears this eunuch, he's reading from the scribe. Do you understand what you're reading? Oh, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip to come up and sit with him. And they began at the same scripture. Boy, I love this passage. And began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Jesus that makes the difference in our life. It is Jesus that makes the difference in our salvation. And he began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. 
as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and he said, see, here's water. I wonder if he had never heard of the thief on the cross. You ever thought about that? Here they've been studying, and, and they come along the way, and he, he said, well, man, hey, the thief, hey, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. No. He said, here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? If thou believest, thou mayest. He said, I believe Jesus Christ is Son of God. Command the chair to stand still. They both went down into the water. I had a fellow one time. I lived out here in Red Bank. Uh, let me see. Ron, your wife lived there on the corner of, of Tacoma. and I forget, Euclid, I believe it is. And about two houses down from where they lived, there was a, a fellow lived down there, and he was a, a denominational a person who didn't believe in baptism. He and I'd get into arguments about every other day. And I rem I'll never forget one time, we were talking about baptism, and he, he said, well, and, and I, I, of course, I wasn't smart enough to know all the answers. And I said, well, in Acts chapter number 8, they went on the way. He said, see, here's water. And he said, well, he had a jug of water in under the seat. Here's water. I, wait a minute. The Bible says they both went down into the water. Both. Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. The poster child of denominationalism is refuted in the Holy Word of God. The Bible teaches us that we hear, believe, repent, confess, and we're baptized into Christ for the remission of sin. Now I want to show you one more. Go with me. Get your Bible. Go to the book of Proverbs. There is a verse in the 29th chapter of the book of Proverbs. This is beyond my imagination, ladies and gentlemen. Verse number 1 of Proverbs 29. The Bible says, He being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. That's powerful, folks. I have a difficult time. Here is this man. He is being crucified. He is going to be in eternity at the snap of a finger. He's going to be dead. He has the opportunity to render obedience to the will of God. He could say the same thing that the other thief said. But he left this earth hardening his neck. My friend, if you're here tonight, don't you do that. Notice what Solomon writes. And he says, very, shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. There's not a second chance, ladies and gentlemen. Man, the rich man proves that so very vividly. So tonight, we're going to sing this song of encouragement. You need to be baptized if you've not done so. Through your faith and repentance, confess. We've talked about that. You need to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. I mentioned this, I think, at dinner. Uh, maybe we didn't, I didn't really get to go into detail. Several years ago, um, probably five years ago, we were studying uh, the book of Revelation on Sunday morning Bible class. 
And one of our members, who was a mail carrier, had invited uh, someone on his mail route uh, to come and study with us in, on the study of Revelation. And he did. He had been coming. And so one Sunday, he was driving down Lee Road, and he saw this lady walking down the road. She had a book, kind of like, and I, he assumed probably it was a Bible, and it was raining. And so he stopped. Now, you know, you generally would tell somebody, don't, you know, don't get in a car with this lady. He said, ma'am, uh, it's raining. Can I give you a lift? Would you, can I take you? She got in the car, and he asked her. He said, now, where are you going? She said, I'm going right down here to the Baptist church, right down here on the right. And he said, well, ma'am, I'm going over here to the Church of Christ. We're just kind of almost next door. And he said, I'm going over here to the Church of Christ. Why don't you just go with me? And she said, well, you know what? I believe I will. And she did. We met her. Her name was Sandra Heiss. And Sandra was there, and we introduced ourselves to her after service, set up a Bible study with her. One of the other elders and I went and studied the Bible with her, baptized her into Christ. She was a very, very faithful everything she was ever serviced, anything we did, she was there. One morning, her son called me and said, said Brother Acuff, my mother had a stroke last night. She never survived that stroke. But ladies and gentlemen, she was saved because she had obeyed the gospel and was baptized into Christ for the remission of her sin and had lived her life according to the Scriptures. You can do the same thing right now while together we stand and sing this invitation song. Power in the blood, would you or evil a victory?